When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cash back on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. Hi, and welcome back to The Carol Markowitz Show on the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Podcast Network on iHeartRadio. There was this clip a few days ago of a Gen Zer realizing what a full-time job with a commute entails. She lives in New Jersey, but commutes to Manhattan. It's her first job out of college, it's nine to five, and she doesn't have time for anything. She gets home too late to see friends. She wonders how she's supposed to meet a guy. All very understandable. Let's roll it. I know I'm probably just being so dramatic and annoying, but this is my first job, like my first nine to five job after college and I'm in person and I'm commuting in the city and it takes me fucking forever to get there. There's no way I'm going to be able to afford living in the city right now. So that's off the table, like fucking duh. If I was able to walk to work and it, it'd be fine, but I'm not. So it literally takes me like I leave here, like I get on the train at 730 and I don't get home till like 615 earliest. And then like, I don't have time to do anything. I don't. I want to shower, eat my dinner, and go to sleep. I don't have time or energy to cook my dinner either. Like, I don't have energy to work out. Like, that's out the window. Like, I'm so upset. Oh, my God. Nothing to do with my job at all, but just, like, the 9 to 5 schedule in general is crazy. Being in the office 9 to 5, like, if it was remote, you get off at 5, and you're home, and everything's fine. But, like, I'm not home. It takes me long to get home, and, like... Like, people that drive to the office, like, it doesn't, you don't get off at 5, and I know it could be worse, I know I could be working longer, but, like, I literally get off, it's pitch black, like, I don't have energy, how do you have friends, like, how do you have time to, like, meet, like, a guy, I don't know, like, how do you have time for, like, dating, like, I don't have time for anything, and I'm, like, so stressed out, and I'm also getting my period, so that's why I'm all emotional, but, like, am I so dramatic? It's fine. I mean, yeah, she's a little dramatic. It is fine. But yes, you are a little dramatic. It's funny because my own early working life is very similar to her. My first job out of college was in Midtown Manhattan, 42nd and Lex. I was living back at home deep in Brooklyn, not the Brooklyn you see on TV. I'm talking my commute was a full hour each way. 
probably longer, actually. I'm just thinking it was at least an hour. I mean, the only real difference I see between her and me is that I've never even heard of a nine to five job. My very first job was nine to six and longer hours just progressed from there. But I was 21, 22, working in the big city. And yes, I would definitely go out after work. I mean, I'd find the energy and I would go out. If you're tired and drained at 22 after work, I have some bad news about the future. My husband actually would work even later. We were like best friends for a long time before we started dating. And he would work till like 9, 10, 11, and then meet our friend group out somewhere. And then we do it again the next day. And this was a pretty regular life for the post-college set. So I wonder how much of this is a post-COVID, everybody's still kind of a homebody condition. But okay, you don't want to be a wild and crazy 22-year-old going out until midnight on a Tuesday. Fine. Okay. But then what did you think life was going to be like? Again, nine to five is best case scenario in most jobs. If you want to live near Manhattan, that's going to be expensive. If you want to live in Manhattan, even more so. I didn't know anybody who walked to work. For all the years I lived in Manhattan, I lived in you know Brooklyn, I didn't know anybody who walked to work. It was just not an option. I, I think that that's so kind of far-fetched. Look, I'm not picking on this girl. I think she brings up some good points, especially in a second clip that I'll play for you in a minute. I'm just talking through how we can give our kids the right expectations. Social media has really warped these expectations. Everyone thinks that everyone else is working three hours a day and spending the rest of the time on a yacht. But more than anything else, I think colleges lie to these kids. Let's play her second clip. Hey, Business Insider. Here's my comment to your article about me. I'm not talking about my job in general. My job, I'm one of the lucky postgrads that got a job in my field, which is marketing, after college. I know so many postgrads that have been searching for upwards of a year and they still can't find a job in their field and they have hundreds of thousands of dollars in student debt. Okay. Let's get that out of the way. It took me five months to get my job. It took me five months of sending out hundreds of applications every single day, probably. I probably have 10,000 applications out there and I heard back from one employer and that's the employer I I work for now. I had to move for that job. I had to move to New Jersey because I can't afford to live in New York. The job was set in New York and I immediately had to move or else I knew that I wasn't going to get my foot in the door if I waited any longer. My commute is two hours there and two hours back. I said 6.15 earliest and I sometimes get back at 7.30. It really just depends on the train that day. So me, I'm just one worker. I shouldn't represent everybody because I don't even have half the struggles that most people do. Most people have kids and animals. Imagine me leaving a dog or a kid at home from 7.30 in the morning to 7.30 at night. That's animal and child abuse, but I have to work. So there's nothing I can do about it. My job in general, I am so extremely thankful that my employer actually decided to reach back out to me because a lot of them don't because they don't want to train a college graduate. And that's the problem. Postgrads are having so much fucking difficulty finding a nine to five. And then when we do get thrown into a nine to five, we don't know how to handle it because one, college doesn't set set us up for that type of schedule. It's not a normal schedule that a human should be on anyway. So your body isn't used to that. I, we were all in, during COVID, we all had to go remote. So my high school was remote and part of my college was remote. Obviously, I'm not used to working a nine to five schedule because I'm not used to being anywhere from nine to five during the day. I can't even imagine the working parents out there and like, it, it, I give so much grace to them because it's incredibly hard in America to be emotionally and mentally stable when your days are structured like that. 
So pretty much what I'm saying is that, yes, America needs to reform the nine to five schedule because it's not fair that the only people that are benefiting are the people that either run the corporations and can make their own schedules. So they just pile on the work to people that are less fortunate or people that are just extremely rich or influencers that don't have to work a regular schedule. So that's my comment. If you would have given me a little bit more time, I would have thought about my answer and then I would have responded. So I'd appreciate if you put this in your article and stop trying to find where I work. She's right. It's messed up that Business Insider is trying to find where she works. Why are you bothering this, you know, woman? It's crazy. But I mean, she's got a lot of things in there. Um, she's planning to, you know, rework the entire uh, nine to five system, which she seems to believe is only in America. No, it exists throughout the world. Um, I have friends in various other countries. Yes, they commute to their jobs. Again, it's very privileged to live near your job. That's great if that is what you can have. But usually the higher paying jobs are in major cities and people live outside of those cities and commute in. And again, I hear her saying that her college didn't give her the full picture. And I believe her because my college didn't give me the full picture either. My parents really wanted me to be a doctor, despite me having no aptitude in the sciences. They were immigrants and they didn't know about a lot of different professions. You know, the joke in the Russian world. And again, I shorthand Russian, but I mean Jews from the ex-Soviet republics who now live in America, is that when I was growing up, you could be a doctor, a lawyer, or a computer programmist, you know, computer programmer. I ended up studying politics. And I was drawn to it. I kept taking classes in it. And suddenly I was majoring in it. I remember maybe April of my senior year realizing, wait, what happens next? What what goes on with this degree? I went to the Career Advisor Center and a very nice lady told me I could do anything with a politics degree. And I wanted her to be more specific. So I kept saying, like, what? And she would be like, like, anything. And I would say, like, what? And she'd say, well, really, anything. Like, anything you want to do, you could do with a politics degree. And I'd say, like, what? And then she asked me, what would I do if I could do anything? And I was 21. And I said, I'd move to Scotland because I had lived there during college. I really liked it. And she lit up. She was like, you should do that but I didn't have any money and my parents weren't going to pay for me to go hang out in Scotland where I wouldn't even be allowed to work. And I realized then that my college was not in the business of figuring out what I was supposed to do with the education I just got. And the really funny thing is I went to a school, Northeastern University in Boston, which is actually great for job prospects because You work part of the time, and I graduated with a full resume. My biggest takeaway from this is that kids need to be prepared for actual life by their parents primarily, although again, I didn't really have that, and then by their school. I blame the college that this girl was lied to about what life was going to be like. She made choices based on that lie. And as I raise my own children, I will strive to be honest about the trade-offs they'll be making. Life is not perfect, and living near an expensive city might get you higher pay or more opportunities, but it will cost more to live, and you'll have a longer commute. You know, them's the breaks. If that's a deal breaker for you, find a different path. Parents need to be the voice of reason for their kids to step in and show them how life is supposed to go so that their expectations aren't so out of whack with reality. If we start looking at raising kids as preparing them for adulthood, that would really go a long way. Coming up next, an interview with Rob Smith. Join us after the break. AI might be the most important new computer technology ever. It's storming every industry and literally billions of dollars are being invested. So buckle up. 
The problem is that AI needs a lot of speed and processing power. So how do you compete without costs spiraling out of control? It's time to upgrade to the next generation of the cloud. Oracle Cloud Infrastructure, or OCI. OCI is a single platform for your infrastructure, database, application development, and AI needs. OCI has four to eight times the bandwidth of other clouds, offers one consistent price instead of variable regional pricing, and of course, nobody does data better than Oracle. So now you can train your AI models at twice the speed and less than half the cost of other clouds. If you want to do more and spend less like Uber, 8x8, and Databricks Mosaic, take a free test drive of OCI at oracle.com slash strategic. That's oracle.com slash strategic. oracle.com slash strategic. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cash back on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. Hello, and welcome back to The Carol Markowitz Show. My guest today is Rob Smith, host of the Can't Cancel Rob Smith podcast. Hi, Rob. So nice to have you. Hey, Carol. How you doing? Always a pleasure. Really, really good to see you. So you're the kind of friend that I run into at parties or events, and we're always like, hello, so nice to see you. And I always walk away being like, I want more Rob time. So I'm really glad to have you with me today so I could ask all the questions I mean to ask you over drinks. Me drinks, I know that you don't. Um, Can you tell my listeners a little bit about yourself? Did you always want to be a commentator? What was your journey to get here? Oh, Lord, the journey. It's like, uh, <laughs> where do we start? Well, Tell us about the journey. The journey. Well, as of right now, I am uh, I'm embracing my indie era. I, I'm calling myself an, uh, an independent political commentator, mm-hmm. um, devoting a lot of my energy into the Can't Cancel Rob Smith podcast. If you guys like what you hear, please find it on Apple Podcasts, iHeart Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts and download. Um, so the journey here, let's, I mean, let's give you the Cliffs notes. So the, um, uh, let's, let's go over what happened for the past five years. The reason that you know who I am, the reason that a lot of people that are listening to you may be somewhat familiar with me is because five years ago, I decided to quote unquote, come out on social media as a conservative, a Republican, right-leaning, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. I'm also somebody that is a dual minority in the fact that I am black and gay. And this uh, created what I'm looking back at now is was kind of a sensation um, in the media realm, particularly in conservative mm-hmm. media, because somebody like me had never existed before in this space. So I'm sure and, it's been a very easy road from there, right? Oh, yeah. So easy. <laughs> you know, it, it's actually not. And I definitely want to want to get into that. Mm-hmm. Um But yeah, so I came out as a sort of like as a, as a black gay conservative and and 
five months later, or excuse me, five years later, really thinking back to what happened, I got absorbed into Fox News world and absorbed into Trump world. And um, I was an employee at Turning Point for a certain Mm -hmm. amount of time. and, And everything just got very, very big in a way that I had never really imagined that it would be. I knew that I wanted to be more authentic about what I felt about politics and, and how I see the world. And I also knew that social media was the vehicle to do that. And then it kind of just exploded into all of these crazy directions. But to answer your first question, I always have wanted to be in journalism in the media field. Mm-hmm. I in my in high school, which we, we're not going to talk about how long ago that we was. We can. We totally can. No, no, I will not. I will. I will embrace. I'll keep it a little ambiguous here. But even in high school, I was the anchor for the morning news, you know, on our little, you know, morning. I can see that. Yeah. On our little morning mm-hmm. high school TV network. So I had always wanted to get into television. And even before I came into this commentary space, I had I'd gone to Columbia for um, journalism for J school. I had mm. did, um, I was working for NBC and I had worked for, I had done some opinion stuff for CNN and I worked as a producer for Yahoo news. And so I had already had this sort of traditional producer background, which as a one man show right now, when it comes to my content and my podcast and all of that other stuff, it gave me the skills that I need, um, to really sort of elevate myself. So to answer the question, I did always want to be in this world. I did mm. not Back when I was on the left, because again, I came out as a conservative, I used to be sort of like your card carrying New York City gay liberal. Mm -hmm. And it's very interesting how life will give you what you're working for, but it will come in a package that you are not expecting. (laughs) So what was the hardest part? Uh, which, Which coming out was the hardest? It was it was harder to come out as conservative than it was to come out as gay, really. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I came out as gay, this was very I was very young. I was like 19, 20. Not the easiest thing in the world. Uh, I was serving in the military at the time. I'm a veteran as well. So at the time that I was serving the don't ask, don't tell law that made it illegal for gays and lesbians to serve openly was an effect. So basically, when I came out to myself and to some friends in the military, if the wrong person knew, decided to report me, et cetera, et cetera, I would have been fired, right? Right. I would have been Mm -hmm. excommunicated, uh, you know, kicked out of the military. So that was hard. But the coming out as conservative five years ago, like I said, it's like being shot out of a cannon. And I'm just now kind of like coming back down to the reality of what happened. Right. Is that a... It was very disruptive to my life. Mm-hmm. I lost friends. I lost mm-hmm. uh, people that had been in my life for years and years and years. People who knew who I was on the inside um, decided that because my politics of the time and, and of now were not, quote unquote, popular, that mm-hmm. I was disposable and expendable. Mm-hmm. So do you feel like you're you mentioned you're in an indie era right now? Does yes. that apply to your politics as well? Do you feel like you're more of an independent voice and less of a conservative one. Like I still associate you fully as a conservative. But yeah. It's interesting that you, you know, you, you see yourself in this indie era. I do. And, and so when I, and when I say indie era, it definitely means it's more so my career right now. I'm, I'm mm-hmm. sort of, 
I've separated myself from, you know, financial ties to a lot of different organizations, even though sometimes like I'll go and I'll support the events or, or I'll go do sure. whatever, mm-hmm. but I have no financial ties to any organizations right now. I have no financial ties to any political campaigns or anything like that. And I made that concentrated decision because I think that my first, the people that I'm first concerned about are not mm-hmm. politicians. Um, they're not cable news execs. They're not media executives. That is my audience because I believe that right. your audience is all you mm-hmm. have. And so I wanted to make sure that I have an authentic voice to my audience. Um, so I am a little bit more independently right now, but I always tell people that I will personally never vote left again because that doesn't align with my values. That's just not who I am. Mm-hmm. But I feel that sometimes in this world, if you are saying, okay, I'm conservative or I'm liberal or I'm Democrat or I'm Republican, then what that means is that you can never criticize your own side or right, right. you can, mm-hmm. yeah, you can, I can never criticize Republican politicians or, no, or, yeah, you know, so <laughs> who wants that? They're so fun to criticize Republicans. No, they're so fun to criticize and they give <laughs> yeah. you so many options. So <laughs> many criticize. options. Like, thank you for the, all of the opportunities. <laughs> yeah. It's definitely the, the politics are more independent because I'm like, look, going into this election cycle, I want my audience to know that I'm not owned by anybody. I am not right. trying to be in, in the inner circle of any of these politicians. Mm-hmm. I had to give it to you straight. Right. So on Can't Cancel Rob Smith, what yes. kind of topics will you be covering? What 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 will be like your beat or your niche? Like wh- where are you well, going with you know, this? The fun thing about podcasting is that you can kind of figure it out as you go along. So my podcast has existed in some form for the past two and a half years. So there's a hundred, mm-hmm. there's a- almost 200 episodes out there right now. So if anybody's listening to me for the first time and discovering me, you can go mm-hmm. out there and you can have a wealth of things to choose from. I believe that at this point right now, this is what I believe, Carol, that no matter what happens in Washington, D.C. in 2024, our culture as a whole is shifting more conservative. Our culture Mm -hmm. is shifting more to the right. So the thing that interests me the most right now is not necessarily uh, the Republican primaries or what's going to happen, whether it's Trump or Biden or DeSantis Mm -hmm. or Biden or uh, Nikki Haley and and Gavin Newsom, whatever. There's an element of that that I will be covering to a certain extent, but I'm more interested in culture. I agree, yeah. I'm having this sort of new moment right now that's happening that's very new because i've decided to sort of tip my hat into the ring of culture and i've got some Mm -hmm. videos right now that are just going crazy all over tiktok right now about being a gay conservative and and Mm -hmm. all that stuff and what i feel like is there's a cultural conversation that i think sometimes people like you and i who are in sort of media commentator political world that we Mm -hmm. can sometimes get a little divorced from I fully agree. To me, culture and social issues is everything. Um, you know, Andrew Breitbart said that uh, politics is downstream from culture. And I think yes. that a lot of people on the right have just ignored culture for far too long. And what happened, of course, is this, you know, leftist march through the institutions that we all saw coming but didn't do enough to stop. Um, mm-hmm. And so I think that that's really the space that we need to be fighting our biggest battles right now. Yeah. Um, 
I wanted to say that in the last few years, I've noticed that you've gotten very into fitness and yes. you've been really, you've been super inspiring. I mean, I oh, haven't like been, you. I haven't actually gone to the gym or anything, but I think about it a lot more when I see you. So, okay. that's just, you know, a first step. So what's that all been about? Okay. So to, to, okay. I mean, so, you look amazing, amazing. All of your pictures, like really good. Thank you. Okay. So my personal fitness journey is something that has always existed since I've, since I've been a public figure, because mm -hmm. for me, I've lost the better part of 50 pounds over the past decade. Wow. And, mm -hmm. and what it really was, was educating myself and learning more about eating, about healthy food, uh, mm -hmm. about working out, about cardio, about eating windows, about all these different things. And I was doing this kind of as a hobby, right? And I got to a point last year, 2022 was one of the toughest years of my life because I had a, a very hard time both personally and professionally. And I was not even sure if I was gonna continue in the political realm. So mm -hmm. I kind of like stepped back from everything and slipped into a depression and there was there's a lot of mm -hmm. stuff going on that i've been kind of open about you know when you when you follow me on the socials you know on on instagram TikTok, uh youtube all that stuff it's all rob smith online mm -hmm. so i was in a place where i was like okay well number one if I'm not doing politics for money anymore, whatever, what is my career path? Like, what opportunities do I have to monetize to basically uh, monetize my following to say, hey, guys, like, basically, what do I have to offer? And that's when I started really educating myself about fitness. That's when I really started getting, you know, certified to be a coach and all that other stuff. And so mm -hmm. now I've developed this this online coaching platform. And I'm working with clients right now to control their eating, um, mm -hmm. to think about health, to think about wellness, to think about things that they're putting in their mouth, et cetera. Because, right. Carol, I think that fitness is the most important thing ever because how you mm -hmm. look is how you feel. And the things that we put into our body so affect uh, the, the version of ourselves that we bring to the world. So to answer your question, wrap up in a bow, it's partially, yes, this is definitely a hundred percent what I believe, mm -hmm. but I am also a capitalist, an entrepreneur and a businessman. Yes. Uh -huh. So if I'm throwing these traps out there on Instagram, what am I selling here? Because I'm not uh, selling an OnlyFans. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to take a quick break and be right back on the Carol Markowitz show. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cashback on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. 
That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash news. That's LifeLock.com slash news to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. What's it like being a public person? Do you get recognized a lot and is it positive? Um, okay. So it can go both ways. And, and I think that with me in the, the minority groups that I belong to, I think that I trigger the gay community. Um, Mm -hmm. and I trigger the black community, uh, in ways that I think that the average will say sort of heterosexual white conservative may not do so because that's, Mm -hmm. that's, a sort of like normal and accepted way to be, but I'm very much an anomaly, right? And the reason I brought this up is that I've been physically attacked for my beliefs as somebody that is gay and right-leaning, gay, conservative, right. whatever you want to call it. So like there's been physical attacks, literally called a racial slur, mm-hmm. um, hit in the jaw, got into a fist fight. Awful. So that's not fun. Right. Um, but that is only one of, I would say, hundreds of interactions that I've had mm-hmm. because most of the interactions tend to be positive. And I think that sometimes as public figures, we focus so much on the hate that we don't focus on the love. Right. Because most times, I would say 100% of the time, mm-hmm. well, 99% of the time, you know, when I'm not getting socked in the face for, for being conservative. Most time when people recognize me on the streets, it's overwhelmingly positive. And these are, and these are, I've got everybody from um, white 60 year olds that have seen me on Gutfeld that mm-hmm. recognize me on the ski lifts in Colorado to young black conservatives that are like, I really follow you and I really like what you have to say. And young gay liberals Zoomers that are like, I'm not necessarily on your side of the aisle, but I kind of understand what you're saying. And you're making me think of things in a different way. I I love that. I'm I'm so sorry that that happened to you. You know, I ask this question of guests and I have to say, this is the first time that somebody has had, you know, a a real negative experience. I mean, I had like, I had like notes left on my house in Brooklyn and stuff like that, but I've never had, you know, a physical altercation. And I'm, I'm really sorry that that happened to you. I think that like, it just, that, that overstep in society that people can't control themselves um, when they are faced with somebody that has a different opinion of them. That kind of thing really scares me. Um, Yeah. yeah, It's something that like, I think that we're, we've headed in this terrible direction over the last few years, but it just, it's, it's really scary. And I'm, again, I'm very sorry. Um, I, I guess in my, to, 
go on to my next question, but it's related. Um, what would you say is our biggest cultural or societal issue in America? And do you think it's solvable? I think that the biggest issue that we're dealing with today as Americans in America is that there is a complete lack of patriotism. I call it mm. patriotism rot. We have an entire generation of younger people that have been taught that America is this awful place, that it is to be hated, that it is destructive, that if you're not XYZ or ABC, then it's so hard and the, 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 you know, odds are stacked against you and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that belief allows itself to take root in people in very, very negative ways. Because if you're living in America and you have such a pessimistic view of where yeah. you live and you feel mm -hmm. like you cannot make it, you feel like you cannot elevate, then how is that going to affect the way you see your friends and neighbors? How is that going to affect the way that you're interacting uh, with the service industry people just in general? I think it's a, it's a huge, huge issue. And, and I know that we've got, you know, DC is, is spending all their money and we've got a mm -hmm. wide open border and we've got all these, these other things. But if we don't start creating a society and a culture that takes pride in this country and the fact that people die to be here, mm -hmm. people die to come to this country. And if we don't have people that appreciate and celebrate and respect that, then we're just really circling the drain as a country. Right. Do you think it's solvable? I think it's solvable. I think that the problems that we're facing as a country right now will take decades and decades to repair. I really do. Mm -hmm. And I think that we are, we are, babies in the sense of all of this social media era and all of this polarization and all of these new voices, all of this stuff is very, very, very new. And I don't think that people understand how new this is and that we are going through growing pains as a society and how we deal with this era and how we deal with being exposed to ideas that we were not exposed to before. Because if there were only um, the, the three networks and, and mm -hmm. three papers, then we would be getting one view of the world. Instead, we are getting a myriad, multiple hundreds, thousands of, of views of the world. And I think that it confuses people and it shocks them and it makes them scared and angry and defensive and mm -hmm. all of these different things. Obviously, there's pluses and minuses, but I think that we're in such the infancy stage with this. I, you know, I kind of want to see how it turns out, um, but I, I, I do see us heading in a not great direction because of social media, just because people feel like they have to have a brand and they feel mm -hmm. like they have to, you know, I, again, not, I'm not even saying like public people. I think people who are, are not trying to monetize anything still think that they need to have like a picture, you know, a, a way of being on social media. And yeah. it's, it's, it's confusing to me that private people are putting themselves out like they're like that, not even as a career, not as anything, just as a brand, as a personal brand. It's odd. It's very odd. And, and honestly, Carol, like I, I say all the time, and I completely agree with you. I have a client right now. She's an older woman. Um, this is a fitness client. She's an older woman um, that has been trying to lose weight. She's, she's really doing a good job. We're kind of like over the hump with getting her, you know, her taste buds and everything mm -hmm. like that back to level. But anyway, so we're doing our, our, our catch up. And she says, well, Rob, like there's, every, there's so much going on in the world. Like I just couldn't focus last week. And I just said, insert name here, client. Mm -hmm. 
the only thing that we can really change is ourselves. The only thing that we can really focus on yeah. is ourselves and all of the noise and all of the stuff. And another thing that I tell people is if this is not your career, if there is not a financial and business element to you being concerned about these things, mm -hmm. there's really no reason for you to be concerned about. Be concerned right. about your life, be concerned about your family, be concerned mm -hmm. about your money, your career and all of that thing uh, and mm -hmm. all of that. We're in a place right now in society where this is all everybody talks about. And yeah. I don't know if you do this, Carol, but I do this uh, in my personal life with my personal, real, actual friends. I may talk with some friends about business oriented things, but I do not talk politics. Oh, yeah. With my friends. Mm -hmm. Right. I, I almost never talk politics with my friends either. Uh, maybe like in our like political, you know, friend groups, we, yeah. we still might we still might talk politics, but no, not with my regular friends at all. No, no. because what it is, and and I have this. So you know, I'm a, I'm a public. We're both public figures, obviously. I have this this. I don't want to call it a niche, but I'm very known among the younger crowd, particularly like on mm -hmm. TikTok and Instagram, right? And so. If I'm, if I walk into a party or if I go to a function, if this is like a, a primarily black, black crowd or a primarily gay crowd or whatever, then when I come in, I'm known. Like mm -hmm. people know this is who I am. And so the impetus is always to come up and pretend that we're on some cable news set and that they're going to battle me about politics. Right. I'm like, you right. all about politics. Yeah. Uh, Email my assistant and they'll get you on the calendar for a consultation and we'll right. get an hourly rate in because I'm not mm -hmm. doing this with you. Right. I love that. Do you feel like you've made it? No. And you know why I don't? Because it's so funny. At the bottom of every, excuse me, at the top of every mountain is the bottom of another. Mm -hmm. And I have very, very, very high hopes and high goals for myself. Am I better than I was yesterday? Yes. Am I better than I was five years ago? Absolutely. But Carol, I am very, I don't know if competitive is the word, but the way word. I look at everything yeah. is this. If you were going to do something, you may as well try to be top tier, the best mm -hmm. 100%. And I am very much, like I said, I'm in my indie era. I'm doing all this myself right now because I've, I have had to take a step back to build myself up into something else um, that is coming up. But I have not made it yet because I have not hit the goals that I want to hit yet. So I'm still working. Yeah, I'm rooting for you. I, you know, I, it looks, let me just tell you, it looks to the world like you've made it. So I, I asked that question, you know, of a lot of my guests and I get a range of answers. So I'm super rooting for you to get where you want to go. Uh, but just know that from the outside, you look like you've got it going on. Oh, uh, well, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> so for my last question, yes. end with your best tip to my listeners on how they can improve their lives. My best tip on how you can improve your life is when you really embrace the realization, and I mean, believe this to the core, really embrace the fact that nobody is coming to save you. Mm. Your boss is not coming to save you. Uh, Donald Trump or Ron DeSantis or Nikki Haley or Joe Biden or Gavin Newsom are not coming to save you. The government certainly is not coming to save right. you. Nobody is coming to save you. So you have to save yourself. 
that is the biggest tip that I can give to anybody. I love that so much. Thank you so much, Rob, for coming on. His podcast is Can't Cancel Rob Smith. You should definitely check it out. And thank you so much for listening to The Carol Markowitz Show. Thanks, Carol. Thanks so much for joining us on The Carol Markowitz Show. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota.